0: You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress.
1: And actually, I want to talk about that tonight, the idea of united prayer and what that means for our church. Uh, My lesson title is United Through Prayer, and I just want to build on that idea of what it means to be united as a church and how prayer can facilitate that and what God's plan for us is. So as I'm moving into this new stage of life, Anthony introduced me as being married soon, which I am very glad about. But that brings a lot of new things into my life that I realize I cannot do alone. Like, for instance, buying a home requires more than one person. I am learning that. At least five, based on my count. <laughs> uh, finding, buying a car also requires at least three people based on my recent purchase. Uh, moving a couch can be done with two people, preferably more uh, if you're doing a large home. Like me and Anthony uh, experienced yesterday. And uh, even something as simple as hanging a picture... Or taking out the groceries is really just not fun when you're doing it by yourself. And in my life, I've realized that I can't do this on my own. Like life is not meant to be done alone. And for some reason, I'm under this false assumption in my spiritual life, I'm I for some reason am doing this on my own. Like I'm not I'm not okay to say, Would you be able to pray for me? or Sometimes it's emphasized our personal walk with God, and then somehow we forget the importance of the body of Christ and the blessings that come along with it. So tonight my text or the passage of Scripture I want to build upon is Ephesians 6, 18 through 22. And verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance, and supplication for all saints. Verse 19 says, And for me, the utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that ye also may know my affairs, and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that you might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. So this is the passage of Scripture we're going to be looking at tonight. And I know in previous growth universities, we've delved deep into the book of Ephesians, but I just want to give you a quick reminder in case for some reason you may have forgot some of these small details. So the letter to the Ephesian church was written by Paul in prison uh, around AD 60 to 64 and Ephesus itself was known as the capital of the chief province of Asia and had over a quarter million people. The main attraction was the Temple of Diana, which I don't think has any relation to my mom, but uh, I'll have to look into that. Um, but Paul had such an influence with the Ephesian church. In Acts 19, uh, the silversmiths from the temple harassed him because he was causing such like less and less people were buying from the temple because of the change of the gospel in Ephesus. So he's writing to the church in Ephesus. And the main theme throughout the book of Ephesians is the word unity. And specifically being united in Christ. And that's through the church and through all creation. So if you read through the book of Ephesians, again, I can, I implore you to, when you're reading through it, look through the guise of, okay, how is this affecting unity within the body of Christ and unity within creation? Paul talks about what it means to be the old man and putting on the new man, putting on the armor of God in prayer, and how children should interact with their parents and how fathers should treat their children. All of those things go in part to explain the unity of the body of Christ, and even think the idea of unity can be equal to union. And there are unions in our culture today. One established by God was marriage. Uh, even even the preamble to our Constitution says a more perfect union. And all those things are hard fought. Like, if, if any of you are married, I... I'm not married yet, but from all the books that I've been recommended to read, my understanding is it takes a lot of work to be one together. And that's the same idea with those in the body of Christ. We can't just passively attend church and expect unity within the church. So, moving back to this idea of what does it mean to be united through prayer? Like, what does that look like? How is that applied directly to our church? Because... Even on Sunday, I felt a little bit of that feeling of unity within our church. And as our church continues to grow, I want us to experience that. And I want us to be able to share that with new people coming into the church. So what we're going to do next is look at a a verse-by-verse analysis. And I want to explain to you what Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus and hopefully give you some more understanding of how we can achieve unity. So, verse 18, reading again, says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So, immediately, Paul gives us some great insight into prayer for the Ephesian church and applied directly to us. First, he addresses, Achieving unity in the body of Christ requires you pray for those around you. He addresses how often you should pray, which should be always, and he addresses the manner and matter in which you should pray, which is all prayer and supplication, meaning whatever requests that you have, you can bring to God, and not just that, but being, praying in the spirit, having a understanding that as a Christian, you no longer are just affected by the physical world because oftentimes especially in a Christian's life if there's visible issues going on around you there's a spiritual matter under underneath that needs to be addressed so he's telling the church in Ephesus and consequently us that when we pray we need to pray in the spirit the things that God would want to happen because when we pray we open the opportunity for God to do things here on earth and then he addresses the state you as a Christian should be praying for others, and that's watching, which is an active state. And I'm going to explain that a little bit later. And he says, with all perseverance. So what does that mean? That means in any situation, you know, we are, we are instructed to weep the, with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. And it's our obligation to achieve unity within the body of Christ, to pray and to pray for others in the instances that their life is going good and then in the instances that their life is going bad. Because that is what achieves unity. You know, I I, I can't articulate enough how, how people have prayed for me, and there are prayers that have been prayed for me that I don't know about, and I know that they have affected my life. We were, um, when I first attended Discover Calvary, uh, Charlotte and Nathan were talking about the blessings of being in the body of Christ. And for instance... Uh, there was a story that someone didn't grow up without a parent. And because they're in the body of Christ, the Lord blessed them with a, a spiritual parent, someone that can invest in them. And that's one of the blessings of being in the body of Christ. And, there's, I mean, I would argue it creates unity. You're that much closer to that person. And that was God's ultimate goal for us. So moving on to the next verse, verse 19, Paul now transitions saying, okay, you need to pray for other people. And now Paul even transitions to indicate, if you want unity within the body of Christ, you also need to ask prayer for yourself. And especially in today's society, if you can't be necessarily open about the things you're struggling with, but to think Paul, as a leader, could ask a church for prayer, that had to be a humbling moment for him. So he says... And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, please remember, while Paul is writing this, he's in prison. (laughs) So he's asking for prayer, and he's writing a letter to the church in Ephesus, and he is making every effort, even though he is in prison, he is still sending out the gospel. And he's asking for prayer that he may open his mouth boldly. And in 2 Corinthians 3.12, it talks about preaching and how it needs to be simple. And if preaching is not simple or if preaching is not understood, is it worth anything? So he talks about making known the mystery of the gospel. And what that really means is give to understand. Like when Paul is talking, saying, Pray for me that I may speak the mystery of the gospel and do it boldly. I don't know if anyone can agree or attest with this, but I personally struggle with sharing the gospel in a meaningful way because it it does require courage. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't have asked for it because he was an apostle, (laughs) and I am not. But I think if if he had the willingness to ask for prayer, I think we're offered that same opportunity. So moving on to uh, verse 20, it says, For which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, I want to give a word of caution. Um, I, I'm i an overthinker, and so, I think sometimes when I read the Bible, I over-spiritualize things, which is... Not good. But if you are like me, I would consider looking more into this because if I would have just done a cursory look, I'd be like, Paul is like so entrenched that he has to speak this gospel that he's chained to it. No, Paul is just saying here, I'm in prison. That's what the ambassador in bonds means. So there's nothing beyond that spiritually wise. But it's important as we look closer into the text, we can see what Paul is really saying here to the Ephesian church. So ambassador here means to act as a representative. And us as Christians, we're giving a wonderful opportunity because the way we live our life is the way God designed it. So take, for instance, a a healthy Christian marriage. You are showing to people that are not in the church God's plan for them. That is what being an ambassador means. So when you have a good Christlike character and you are aligned with Christ, you are showing the world around you. When they see you, they can say, that is what my life can look like. And that is such a blessing to other people around you in your work. You know, if you're having stress and the way you approach it is through being you know, unified with Christ and approaching it as Christ would, what a blessing that is to be able to share with those around you. Like This is how you can live your life. You don't have to move this way or interact with life in a way that's detrimental ultimately to you, but we are offered and given an opportunity to show the world around us what that means to actually be a Christian and what blessing it is really. So, um, Paul says he's an ambassador in bonds that he may speak boldly as he ought to speak. And even here, Paul, in prison, is making an effort to share the gospel in a meaningful way, and it's even affecting us today. So, Ephesians 6.21 says, But that ye may also know my affairs and how I do, Tychekis, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs and he might comfort your hearts. So, this is the last step to what unity within the church requires, and that's the, abil- the ability and willingness to go and bless other people. Tychekis here was an Ephesian who accompanied Paul to Jerusalem. He was with Paul on several missionary journeys and he was sent by Paul to Colossae and to Ephesus. He was also sent as a messenger by Titus to Crete and then went on another mission trip afterwards. But Paul sent Tychicus because, you know, if 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 someone had, like, such an influence as Paul did, you're wanting to know how they're doing. <laughs> so he sent, so Paul sent Tychicus to those in Ephesus saying, this is how I'm doing, and also to comfort them. And it's really important. While in prison, Paul sent Tychicus, and being willing to do that for those around us is just as important. You know, uh, it's it. It ministers to me, especially when, uh, well, now exactly, my family is going through some difficult times with my grandpa. And there have been several people from the church that have gone to us and said, we're here for you. And that is what life looks like as a Christian and in our church. That is building unity within our church. And that's an example today of what Paul was saying. So Paul prayed for those around him. He asked for prayer himself, and he sent someone to comfort the church in Ephesus. And we should definitely do the same. We should be encouraged to pray for those around us and to be humble enough to ask for prayer because it is humbling to ask for prayer. So now I want to move into a... Just building off more this idea of of what these verses mean today, application wise. Uh, I need someone. I need two people. I need one person who's willing to throw something at me, and another person who's willing to block something. Don't all stand up at once. Okay, perfect. We have. Okay, I'm not going to ask which one is willing to throw something at me or not. Uh, if you want to, I'm not going to wear one, okay, perfect. Just grab a tissue box, okay, perfect. Uh, who wants to throw something at me? okay, so you're going to be the devil <laughs> It's nothing personal, all right, so just uh you can sit or step aside for a second, okay, so in ephesians six eighteen Paul tells the Ephesian church to watch it's an active so. Let's say Anthony is the devil. He's not. He's wonderful. But if my church is not united, this is what opens up for me. So the devil, we as Christians, we are wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So if I don't have someone watching my back and I'm walking through life and the devil throws something at me, there's nothing there to stop me. And that cannot sustain a church. There's no unity within a church. Because a Christian life is not meant to walk alone. You weren't designed, even from the very beginning, God said, it's not good that man should be alone. So he established it from the very beginning that within his church, he started the institution of marriage and that required two people. And even within his church, it requires more than one person. So let's say we're following the biblical model here where Sean cares about me. And we have unity within the church. So if I'm walking along along my, my life and Paul says to watch, if the devil's throwing something at me, that's a perfect example. Can we give them a hand clap? Please. So That's the example. That's what Paul is telling the people in Ephesus and us today. What does it mean for us to be unified in the body of Christ? It's when I'm walking this way, Sean's got my back and he's saying, okay, Marcus is heading down this path and it's my job and my role to pray for him and to be on the watch for him because we are not designed as the body of Christ to walk this alone. So what what we can apply to that is our Christian life and when we pray for others is an active pursuit. And then I want to build into the next verses where Paul is asking for prayer for himself. And honestly, this is very humbling for a leader to do because... Even Paul in a prison is asking for boldness, and I want to apply it directly to me and publicly ask for you to pray for me for boldness because there is a group of people from Calvary moving and trying to start a church within Oxford, and as Pastor Mark Condon so eloquently told us, he said, if you don't invite anyone to church, no one's coming. And that is going to require some boldness from us. And I'm, I'm putting myself in a position to humble myself and say, I'm asking you guys for prayer for each and every one of us. Because us choosing to go down this path and each and every person in this room, I will extend, I will pray for you as well to have boldness. Because we are ambassadors. We are showing the world, showing the people in Oxford what life is when Christ and when we're united with Christ. So I'm asking for prayer and I want to encourage you to ask for that same prayer because Pastor Pastor Wilson this Sunday illustrated very well we are approaching towards end time and if that doesn't set a fire under you, I don't know <laughs> what does. But, you know, even building on this, uh, a personal limitation that I've had in my life is is fear. And uh, this verse really just applied to me because in several instances of my life, I have not pursued something out of fear, and that's not biblical. So I'm asking for boldness because like for instance my my grandpa is is approaching passing away and for the past few years i have wanted to teach him a bible study but out of fear i haven't so i am publicly asking to pray for you to pray for me that boldness may be given unto me that i can speak to him the good news yeah. that where he's going next is not going to be bad it's going to be great And I wanted to say it in a simple manner because, you know, even even as an apostolic being raised there, being raised in the church my entire life, Sean uh, did this exercise with us in uh, the young adults class where he, he basically asked me to explain to him how to be saved. I was like, oh, well, you repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and you will be filled with the Holy Ghost. That sounds perfect when you say it to an apostolic group of people, because they know what's happening. And he's like, okay, I don't know what you just said. So obviously, that is what Paul is saying. We need to speak not only with boldness, but also with simplicity. And we need to strip away, we have an understanding of how God saves us. It's clearly identified in the scriptures, and we can articulate it in a meaningful way. But another step beyond that is explaining it to any person. And that is what makes... The gospel is so wonderful. And lastly, we are sent to go. And like Tychicus, we need to be willing to go and comfort those around us. Um, With Brother Anthony Mitchell, what's going on with his uh, COVID recovery, uh, that's a perfect example of what building unity in the body of Christ looks like. Taking the time to, you know, call or, or visit him or drop something off, you build unity within our church. Like it, it's, it's like it's, you can feel it. You can feel it. And what that does is when we're unified in Christ, it creates opportunity for our church to grow and for us to grow closer together as Christ intended. So as we go into our app time, there are three, points I would like you to address. First, I would like you to tell the person next to you, thank you for watching out for me and for being there for me. Because I, I hope you guys leave with feel good stuff in you. Like this is to make you feel good. Like I have all these people with me. It's amazing. So that's the first thing I want you to do is say, thank you for being there for me. Next, I want you to share a time when someone from the church prayed for you or supported you through a difficult situation. And then lastly, I would like you to share something you want prayed about. Um, If you would like, you can pray at the end of Growth University when we're closing it out, or even to take it a step further to continue to build unity. I would ask that both of you follow up by Friday evening with each other and consider what that will do for your relationship within the body of Christ. So please take a few minutes to discuss that, and then we will close this out. I hope everyone can leave encouraged tonight and have an understanding that we really need each other. And I'm I'm hoping this understanding and, and going through this text opens your eyes to the benefits of United Prayer within our church and why it's so important. Because we need each other, and it's as simple as that. And Paul illustrated to us what can be accomplished through unity within the body of Christ. And it's just a blessing to be part of a body like this where we have the opportunity for someone to watch out for us, to humbly and publicly ask for prayer, and also have people come to us. That's, that illustrates the TCC. It's a great place to attend. But an even better place to belong and that's what unity is. That's, that's unity within the body of Christ. So if you were able to connect with your person or group of people you were talking to during app time, I encourage you to follow up with them Friday evening just to see if there's been any forward motion in terms of you praying together as we should as a body. So if you would please join me in prayer. Dear God, thank you for an opportunity to come to you tonight to learn some new things about the way you designed the body of Christ, how your body should work. Lord, thank you for an opportunity to grow together, to become unified within you through prayer. I ask right now that you would help us to watch for those around us to be spiritually active and looking around for protection, to publicly ask for prayer. And, God, to be willing to be sent and to comfort those around us, Lord. I ask right now that you would help us to be ambassadors of what we have and show them you, God. Lord, that you would give us strength to get through the rest of this week. In Jesus'
0: name. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church,